0: I love that, that line, when I see the cross I see freedom. So many people they look at the cross and they see religion, they see rules they see um, they see a, a, a God who just tells us what we should do, who is really just to swim the hammer and, and tell us off And you know, but that's not how our Father is. Our Father is loving and kind and his thoughts towards us are good and we have consequences for our actions but Christ paid the price for our sin and how incredible is that he paid the price for our sin not because of who we were not because we were deserving but because of who god is because he loves us because it says in this word that god is love and i just thought these things i love that thought i love that we're undeserving but he's just so gracious Um, I've been learning for a wee while that in order to go into all that God has for me, in order to step into what he has for me, in order to go wide and to do more, I have to go deeper in God. Now, this has been an interesting journey, and it's when I'm still journeying through. It's all about the journey, not the destination. Um, but I'm learning that I have to go deeper in him. Because if I'm trying to do this over here and that over there and and do this and do that and and try new things and and just to hold it all together, then I actually aren't able to do it on my own. I'm not able to do it on my own. In fact, I need Jesus. I need him more. And I need to go deeper into him, deeper into my relationship with him in order to be able to do all those things. Have you have even noticed that when you get really busy, I've got this to do and this to do and this to do and this to do. Often, one of the first things that can go is the time that you spend with God. Oh, I'll do that later. I'll, I'll have a coffee with him later and sit down and be fine. Oh, I don't have time to do this Bible study. I need to go do this. Because sometimes the urgent and the immediate gets in the way of what's actually important. And it gets in the way of of what it is that gives us the foundation to do all the stuff that we do. And um, I'm, a, I've got to, I'm a shocker for this. Um, but at some point, it gets to a point where you can't maintain it, you can't sustain it, and you fall over. Our God is a God of connection. His greatest desire is to have intimate relationship with us, not because of who we are, but because of who He is. Now, there's nothing that we can do that can separate us from his love we can't make him love us less we don't have to earn his love and affection his love is freely given whether we reciprocate it or not how incredible is that but sometimes we take that for granted and we push it to the side when there's more immediate stuff that is pressing God is wanting us to go deeper with him in order for us to go wide to reach our community to reach our families to to step into all that he has for us he's wanting us to develop a deep intimate relationship with him where we walk with him spend time with him listen to and, and speak with him his son gave his life in exchange for our sins so that we didn't have to go through priests and ritual in order to access him. But that we would have. Relationship with him. That we can have access to him ourselves. We, do, we can talk to him. And hear him talk back to us. We don't have to go through someone else. We don't have to sacrifice a family pet. He is right there. Wherever we are. He doesn't need us. But he chose. To pursue us with a relentless love. And unmerited grace because he wanted a relationship. You know, when I think of an intimate relationship with God, I think of um, the picture of Adam and Eve walking in the garden with him. You know, imagine walking with God, speaking with him face to face, spending time together, just exploring his creation, you know, just wandering through the garden, sounds really nice hey, just kind of, oh look at this and let's pick some flowers and let's sit here and and just chat for a while, not be distracted by what's going on, but just sit and hang out together now I love I just love that picture of just being able to just walk and talk with him undistracted now Adam and Eve had a oneness with God They, they had access to him, they walked with him, they saw him face to face they spoke with him And that's an amazing picture of intimate relationship with him. They traded it for likeness, because the serpent said, if you eat this apple, you'll be like God. So they traded that for a counterfeit. And that's how the fall happened. But an intimate picture of relationship with God is oneness. You're speaking with him, and you're speaking with him, and you're listening with him. Okay. Now, if you're married... Or in a relationship of any kind, whether it be work, friendship, family, um, you know, your neighbourhood, you may understand how good, how important good communication is. You know, it's pretty key to keeping your relationship in good order. Okay, how many times have things gone badly because of a lack of good communication? I can tell you that every, pretty much every argument or discussion, discussion, because we don't, we don't fight. Um, the only discussion that Ray over I've ever had has come from bad communication or miscommunication or hitting the mark differently and just not hearing each other you know, it's no different to a relationship with God you, know, you cannot s- develop um, an intimate relationship with God without spending time to actually communicate with him, to speak with him to listen with him and the thing about communication is it's a two way thing it takes someone to listen and someone to speak. God gave us two ears and one mouth because we should listen more than we speak. That's what my Sunday school teacher used to tell me. Um, But you know, we develop an intimate relationship with God. We go deeper with Him, by communicating with Him and taking the time to do that. um, When Moses entered the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him, and he spoke with him. It's in Numbers 7. And the Lord said to Moses Now Moses' relationship with God Involved a two way dialogue He took time to sit And listen to God He recognised the sound of God's voice Do you recognise the sound of God's voice When he speaks to you? You know like, Do you know what he sounds like? Have you taken the time to listen? Or is it the shopping list God I need this, 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 this and this oh, and by the way, this week's really busy, so can you please help with this, 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 and this? I've got a bit, the, I go through seasons where it's more shopping prayer than actually sitting and spending time with God. I remember one time um, that God clearly spoke to me, and it stopped me in my tracks because I heard them in a way that I'd never heard them before, and it was so clear, and it just like was like, oh my gosh. And Ray and I were... Um, We've been married a couple of years, and we really felt strongly to buy a house, and so we um, just, after, just before we hit Charlie, we got a loan from the bank to buy a car because ours were rubbish. So we thought, we'll sell both cars and get an actual decent one because we're going to have a little person that we have to keep safe. So we went to the bank and they gave us a loan for a car and it was awesome, and they said, oh look, when you want to get a mortgage, come see us and we'll, we'll help you out That won't be a problem, we're like, awesome. So, the time came for us to buy a house, and we're like, okay, cool. We said to the mortgage broker, we're going to go to this bank, because they have said that they'll give us a mortgage. Awesome. So, the mortgage broker comes back to us and says, well, actually, I spoke to the bank, and they're not going to give you a cent. We have to try something else. And I was just like, what? That's not what you said to us. And then, so, I around, and I went with a tiz. Um, to all the banks to get information about their bank packages and mortgage packages and what do I need to know? I remember storming back home and <laughs> um, <laughs> God, they said this and, and that's not what's happened and that's not right and that's not fair and God just said, Shannon, your ways are not my ways. And I physically, I can tell you exactly where I was on the street, I remember standing at Spock oh, going what, like I, I heard God so clearly that it stopped me in my tracks. And I knew it was God. Even though he would spoken to me in a way so friendly and so different to how he'd spoken to me before, I knew it was him because I was beginning to learn to recognize his voice when he spoke to me. You know, God wants to speak to you and actually God is speaking to you all the time God is with you all the time it's not, God doesn't come further away from us we can't pray God down we can't um, pray, you know God please come to this place God is already with us God is with us, He is in us every place we find ourselves, God is there He is omnipresent He does not leave us what changes is our awareness of God What changes is our awareness of God in that place You know You can be at work Working away if you're crazy But God is in that place You can be at school In the midst of an exam Or or friendship dramas or whatever is going on God is in that place But we don't necessarily know that God is there Because we're so focused on the situation We're not focused on God But you can become aware Of God in any place at any time And all you have to do is just stop and turn your thoughts towards him. Lord, you're in this place right now and I thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And as you think of it, and you become aware of his presence in that place. And God's presence shifts atmospheres. So whatever situation you find, if it's craziness at work, if it's craziness at home with the kids, just crazy all around can stop and just become aware of God in this place and God at work in that situation it's just a matter of taking a moment to pause and know that he is there I love that I love the fact that that there is no way that we can go that God is not That, that he is already here aware of him even in the times that we feel distant from him even in the times that we um, are struggling in our relationship with him he is there he is with us I remember in the midst of my, um, my some of you will be aware, right, I had probably down depression after the birth of the birth and kids and um, at one point I was quite unwell and I um, they put me on some medication and um, you know, I was just so struggling because my, my personality type is high feeler and I just couldn't feel God. And I was just struggling. But I knew that He was there in the midst of it. I couldn't feel Him, but I knew He was there because His Word says that He will never leave, leave us or forsake us, that He is with us, that He is omnipresent, that He is always there. He's the creator of heaven and earth and He does not leave us. So I knew that He was there. And i will just take time just to sit and go, God, I know you're here. In the midst of my crazy, I know that you're here. I know that you're here. I just declare that over my life. And eventually, I was able to feel God again. I was able to hear his voice. Clarity came to my life. that he was in that place. And so in the midst of what would be my darkest days, he was there with me. He did not leave me. Now, we, sometimes we have to pursue God. He pursues us, but we need to pursue him. Because he is actually always here. And sometimes we just have to move some of the barriers that are in our own life out of the way in order to get into his presence, to hear his word, and to get clarity. So I just want to encourage you, church. Don't be afraid to go deeper with God. Whatever that looks like. I'm not going to give you a three-point sermon on how to go deeper with God. Because... It's different for everyone. And I believe that he will show you on it is that, what he is drawing you to. But we need to draw deeper in him in order to grow wide. A tree digs down big roots so that it does not sway in the wind. It does not fall over when the storm comes. And we need to dig down big roots, okay? deep roots with God, so that when the storms come, and we're stretched, we don't fall over. We might we might blow around, but our foundation is secure. Our roots are deep and secure. Now, to go wide. We need to go we need to go deep so we can go wide. We need to go deep so that we can overflow. The overflow in our life. We don't want to be, you know, getting from God, getting from, getting to God, then getting it out, getting it out, and then emptying ourselves. And then giving from God so we can then give it out. We want to be digging deep into God so that we overflow. So it's not a sense of emptying ourselves. Oh my gosh, I've just given myself so much, I'm just completely empty, I've got nothing. We want to be living on an overflow. We are created to overflow. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are what we have, we have more than enough so that we can give it to others. We have hope, not only for ourselves, but we have hope for others. We receive healing so we can pray for healing for others and know and see that um, people will be healed. We have abundance in our life so that we can be abundant for those around us. Our abundance, our overflow, is someone else's necessity. Now, as of the overflow, the intimate relationship... With the Father we carry hope and life into the situations of others around us. Now well, often we talk about overflow and abundance. We tend to think about in terms of generosity and giving. But it's not actually limited to that. Overflow is what we carry inside. You know, the passion, the hunger, the love, the peace, the hope we carry that comes from knowing Jesus, from the understanding of what our salvation truly means for us right here, right now. You know, we have what the world doesn't even know it needs. We have what the world doesn't even know it wants. But that, will overf- that overflows. The inside, Matt Fielder, who was um, pastor from, who was a Planner Shakers, but now he's um, planted churches in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. Um, he says, inside so just the capacity to do something so radical, you wouldn't believe it, even if it was written down and you read about it later. But in order to tap into that capacity, we have to, we have to go deep in order to go wide." God sees the fullness of what you can be in your life. We see only your limitations. God sees us as a person that we've created and designed to be, not as we presently are. In order to overflow, firstly, we need to get filled. You now, you cannot overflow if you do not have overflow. It's impossible for us to give out of what we do not have. When we are hungry or thirsty, what do we do? You know? Can you- I know a lot of teenagers are disgusted to um, kind of see and grab a double down. You know, we fill our stomachs. <laughs> you know, and when that happens, what happens when our stomachs can't contain it anymore? It overflows. One way or another. <laughs> we need to be filling ourselves with God. Reading the words, spending time with him daily, talking to him and listening to him. In order for us to overflow we need to be filled with him. Hebrews 10.22 says that this draw near to God with a sincere heart And with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, When we draw near to God, He draws near to us. This is always the case. He's never going to pull away from you. He's never going to tell you to stop being clingy and move on. The more you chase after God, the more you um, get Him in your sights and go after Him, the more He will meet you. The other thing with overflow is don't try to contain what you have. So as you know, the Sunday school song says, "Don't hide it." And this is what mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. No, so what we have, the overflow is not for us to not for us to contain, but it is for us to to share and to give out. Now are you holding that from those around you? God didn't scare us only their sake. In fact, he offered it about sacrificing so that we may have life. And how often do we hold back from those around us? What is our responsibility as Christians to those around us? And neighbour, a, a battle, and friends. Now John three sixteen says, For well, God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God didn't hold back from us, He chose our well being. Our eternal fate over nice his feelings. Do we hold back on speaking truth to those that need it because we're afraid? I have this amazing friend who, um, she just has this incredible gift on her life. She can, when she preaches, just amazing, incredible revelation. She has an amazing understanding of the word. Um, loves the presence of God. And um, this incredible, incredible call upon her life. But after a few rough periods, she fell into hanging out with the wrong kind of people. They weren't people who lifted her up and encouraged her. They, um, they would bring her down. They introduced some bad habits to her life. And they encouraged her away from church and into um, some situations where so over. For a long time during that, during that period, I would try to catch up with my friends. And just go, hey, you know, I still love you, how's it been going? And just keep it as normal as possible. Like, we've been friends for like 20 years. So you want to, you know, friendship is important. Um, but it became kind of awkward. So I've been catching up with her, and, and, and she knew that her life, the way that she was living, wasn't matching up with the way that God had intended for her. And she felt a real conviction about that. So she wasn't so keen to hang out because I reminded her of that. And... Um, and um, it was just quite awkward so it was kind of like running away and so I wouldn't see her much but when I did I just slip into the conversation, you know how's God Is everything going and she's like he's good do I have a problem it's everyone else who has the problem I was like hmm okay and you could just hear it's just wasn't her a problem wasn't God's problem, everyone else has a problem with her, and God okay and it always became quite bitter, so I'd just kind of steer the conversation away because it was just gonna get awkward and but I got to a point I was like, hang on. By avoiding the awkward conversation, am I actually doing her a disservice? Am I actually Am I being complacent with her and am, am I doing right by her? Am I meeting my responsibility her? Am, am I shying away from the truth because of awkwardness? What is it that God wants me to do? You know, and I had to come to a place where, okay, am I, am I happy to, to just see her in this state? Or did I want to stick life and love and hope into her in a loving way? Was well, I mending my responsibility to, to her? And she found it awkward because the overflow of my life was... There was a, a kingdom culture clashing happening. And so the things that were happening in my life, the overflow that was happening, was clashing against some of the stuff that she was doing in her life. And it was pretty difficult. But when we overflow, God wants us to overflow with love as well, not judgment. Because that's what He did for us. He did not give us judgment, He gave us love. room for what we have to flow out into those around us. We can't contain it into ourselves. We can't hold back. But we need to be generous of that overflow. What is the overflow in your life? What are the areas in are your overflow? What are the areas that are flowing freely? And what are the areas that just seem a little bit drier? is your overflow is like glorifying to God Matthew 12 34, it says how can you speak evil good how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks if you have darkness in your heart then it will come out no matter how deep you try to bury it down when the pressure's on that will all come out keep yourself in check keep sure the accounts of God and others and if you have an offense to deal if you have an offense deal with it before it takes a grip on you I always had this deep fear that people would find that there was darkness in me. And because sometimes I'm human. or not sometimes I'm human. All the time I'm human. And so there are times where I stuff up and I make mistakes and I just, I want to hide them. Because I'd feel the shame around it whenever I stuffed up. And I just didn't want people to know. I wanted to have this perfect image of the good Christian girl who had it all together. But there wasn't... And I was always just afraid I didn't want people to prophesy on me because I was afraid of what they'd see um, I didn't want people to pray over me because I just didn't want them to know what was going on in my life I didn't want to make myself vulnerable and I was afraid that when push came to shelf and the pressure came on I didn't know what was going to come out and that was not a good place to be in and life is going to overflow one way or another if we're going deep with God if we're stepping into all that he has with us, if we're pursuing a relationship with him, that's what's going to overflow in our life. Grace is going to overflow in our life. If we're just trying to hold it all together, if we're dry and pressured and stressed, then at some point, that's what's going to overflow in our life. And I just want to encourage you, church, Just to, to dig deep to pursue him to go deep in the word to go deep in your relationship with him to spend time to sit spend time just to sit with God and to hear him and out of that overflow of that, of that relationship you'll see that overflow fill into your life and you'll see the lives of those around you change and then you'll see your circumstances change you'll see your family change. But most of all, you'll see just the bigness of your life change. First, first Thessalonians three says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just like his, as Az does for you. May your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. So, Knowing that we need to live in the overflow, knowing that we need to go deep in God, what do we do about that? As a church, what do we do about that? As Christians and believers, what do we do about that? Maybe the first thing that we do is we take a moment just to take stock with God and just be honest with him about where we're at. Are we going deeper, are we living in the overflow? Or are we dry? Are we struggling? We're going to um, put on some worship in just a moment. And I just want to encourage you to take that moment with God. Just to take stock of where you're at. And then seek Him about where to move forward. If you're, if you're finding that you're dry and struggling, that you're needing to go deeper but you don't know how, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to partner with you and stand with you and agree with you about going deeper in God. Oh <laughs> no.